off the ball. If he gets a knighthood, it'll be the services to insomnia because it's a boring way of playing. <laughs> There's 20 different stories to say that fit into this. It's why we love sports. It's the storytelling element of sport. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Gaelic football on Off the Ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now, watch out, Don Logue. Football is coming in a big way this weekend. We have 16, 16 matches across Saturday and Sunday this June Bank Holiday weekend. So, the All Ireland series, for instance, Cork against Kerry is on the Saturday at 3 o'clock. It's on GEA Go at Porky Cueve. We have Westmeath Galway and Mullingar, 5 o'clock on the Saturday. Kildare against Dublin, Nolan Park, 5 o'clock, GEA Go. And then the 7 p.m. game on the Saturday is Tyrone against Armagh. That's at Healy Park. That will be on RTE 2. As for Sunday then, 2 o'clock in Castle Bar, Mayo against Loud. There's an RTE. And Monaghan take on Clare in Clonus, also at 2 o'clock. On GA Go that day, it'll be Roscommon against Sligo. That's at Dr. Hyde Park at 3. And then the 4 o'clock game on RTE is Donegal against Derry in Bally Buffet. Not to mention a whole host of Talchon Cup games, including the likes of Meath against Down. So very happy to say Colin Boyle is back with us. Four-time All-Star winner with Mayo. Colin, good evening. Joe, how you doing? Yeah, very well. And Darren O'Sullivan, All-Ireland winner with Kerry on the line as well. Hey, Darren. Hey, Joe. How are things? Uh, just before we proceed, have you two marked each other? Is there some like titanic battle or scrap on the field that I'm going to be killing myself I overlooked after we're finished here? No, we probably came across each other a few times, right? But okay. we're still we're still talking, so it is grand. Fair enough. A few da- words. Darren, ex- Darren was too quick for me, Joe. I didn't get caught in the legs of him now. <laughs> just a few verbals as he jogged by, was it, Colm? Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just well, the black haired wasn't in then. There might have been a couple of hand trips or something like that. Uh, 16 matches. I mean, mm. fr- like it's feast or famine in GA, Darren. We're feasting this weekend, but it's a lot. Yeah, like if you had managed to call them all out without reading them off the screen, I would have been very impressed. Yeah. Um, there's, do you know what? It's actually, it is feast or famine. There's actually too many to watch. And we were just saying, I'll fair myself and Colin, they haven't been the best quality so far. It's, it's hard to tie yourself down to a full weekend of just watching 16 GA matches at the moment. Why do you think, Darren, and we've talked with Colm over the last number of uh, weeks and months, why do you think the quality hasn't quite ignited yet? Uh, I was kind of torn during the league. I genuinely thought, and I liked the split season, is like when you go from the elite level from, for six months and then you go back to your club and no matter how good your club is, it's it's a lower level for six months. It's always going to take time to get back up to the, the speed and quality. Um, and then I just think the fact that we've kind of stumbled through the league, we go through the provincials, which uh, how much interest teams have anymore, I don't know. And there's just no risk at the moment. Um, you're watching teams and you actually don't know are they purposely going through the motions because they don't want to show their hand they don't want to go into the quarterfinals jaded um, so there's a bit of shadow boxing going on that's all I can put my finger on at the moment because I can't imagine when there's a bit of risk in it that teams the teams that we expect to play a lot better won't um, pick up their performances Colm I have to say I've just had my fail of the phrase shadow boxing in GA. I, 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 we just had enough shadow boxing. Can we just start boxing? Is anybody boxing out there? Well, funnily enough, we were like I said, Darren was just saying before we came on, 
this weekend would be unbelievable, Joe, if the third place team was going out because you'd have the possibility of Kerry going to Parky Cueve on Sunday or Saturday. And if they got bet, they're out of the championship. They're all Ireland champions down in Parky Cueve. Like, it's a real, real shame. I know we've talked about this format to death about the second and third place team going to a playoff, but even a Dublin Kildare on Saturday or Sunday in, in Nolan Park, like if Dublin lost that game, there'd be huge, huge jeopardy of going out with the championship in the last game. But realistically, they're still going to be in it. So, yeah, we're sick of the phrase shadow boxing, but I think there's good. There's, it's a shame there's not going to be a couple of knockout punches landed this weekend, which ultimately they won't. But that is coming now in the next in the next week or two. That's the reality of it, you know. What a pro. Extending the analogy into knockout punches. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is broadcasting. <laughs> this is top, top. Can I get you to um, both explain what you mean by shadow boxing? So, like, people listening there might be wondering, for instance, Darren, because you both obviously would have been aware that you were likely to be involved in the latter stages of the championship. So when you're involved in Munster matches where realistically you know you're going to win or Connacht matches and you can get the ball rolling, Darren, does shadow boxing mean you're not as fit as you're going to be and that dramatically affects performance? Does shadow boxing mean you're not actually just going flat out because you're so in control of a game? Or does it extend to we have a few patterns of play that we think when we play Mayo in two months' time are really going to hurt them. Fellas, don't use them today. Don't commit them to videotape. What does shadow boxing mean to you, Darren? Um, a lot of it is, I think it is your attitude going in, and that comes from the weeks leading up to training. You always know how important a game is. Everybody knows the, the ante is up in training, the pace is up in training, fellas are a bit crankier. And you can really see by fellas' body language, there's a bit of a relaxed um, theme to a lot of the games. The pace isn't great. Um, there definitely is teams holding certain things back that they don't want other teams to see. I think it was in the soccer, Jose Mourinho closed down training during the week for Roma. Mm. So he obviously has something coming. And I definitely think that a lot of the teams are going to be doing that. They're going to try and hold something back. I think it, it's a common team in GA. We're all trying to reinvent the wheel come up, come up with something new um, obviously this possession game is the new one which is boring us all to death at the moment but I just think it's a case of kind of keep your powder dry here you you get a sense of management as well if there's pressure and there's very little pressure in these games at the moment and it's shown it's a casual approach um, and then if you look at all the teams that got to the provincial finals playing such a poor quality of football they, they all look very poor um, in the first round of this All-Ireland series and the teams that got four or five weeks to work on themselves actually look sharper. Colin, how would you interpret shadow boxing? Well, I think if you take Dublin as a, as a prime example at the minute, I think they're almost a team now that needs to go into the do or die, this is all or nothing uh, mode of, of knockout football because it's been so... As Darren said, there's been so many games, uh, so many chances for teams to look at themselves and where they need to improve on and look at other teams. But I think the likes of Dublin now and the likes of their big players, especially players that have won so much over the last number of years, they need the cut and thrust now of championship football. You could see, I'm oh, sorry, knockout football. You could yeah. see last Sunday, Joe, it was almost like a league game to them. You know, they were so off the pace in the first half, especially, and for some of the second half. And I think... I think if that was a quarter-final, I don't think Dublin play like that. Okay. Or it's certainly not a semi-final and then on. Um, would you, uh, in your Mayo days, as the last one on all this, would you have held mm. back certain patterns of play or certain moves, um, sorry to put you in the spot if you can think of any, that you knew you were going to unfurl come big time? Um, 
Not necessarily. I, I think the main thing that caught us with Mayo is um, the kind of championship and not being at the right level or the right frame of mind or tempo where we needed to be to maybe play a Galway or Roscommon in okay. May. But then later on in the, ch- in the year, if we got through the qualifiers, when the bigger game comes, kind of what I'm talking about now in Dublin, yeah. that's when it really got us going. So and I think that's where you might see the bigger teams. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you both, it's less about, oh, we've got a certain trick play up our sleeve. It's just a general malaise, a general attitude. I I, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you alluded to it, Darren. Possession gate is the... There's always a controversy. There's always a moan. Uh, it's just how we feel uh, Monday yeah. to Friday, I think. So there was the draw between Roscommon and Dublin, 111 to Roscommon's 14 points. Uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting. So Roscommon started the game much like Derry in the Ulster final. They kept the ball for the first two and a half minutes and Kieran Murta kicked the opening score. And then it was important of things to come. 30 minutes at this stage in the game, Roscommon are ahead by three points. And so their goalkeeper, Connor Carroll, gets things moving. He gives it to Brian Stack. 77 passes. Uh, Carroll, the goalkeeper, which is key, touches the ball 19 times for five and a half minutes. Very little pressure on the ball. I saw Morris Brosnan and the examiner say that a Dublin hand only landed on a Roscommon jersey nine times across those 77 passes and and those five and a half minutes. So, like, you know, you've, you've the great and good of GA saying this is awful. Um, let's look at it from Roscommon's perspective for a moment, though, first of all, Darren. Beautifully effective. You're keeping Dublin away from uh, scoring for six plus minutes. It's right in the cusp of half time. I don't know if that's part of their thinking, though I, I suspect Dublin not engaging with them meant that the situation just developed in a way Roscommon may not have seen themselves. But from their point of view, and to kick a score at the end, I mean, every box ticked. This is lovely. Great stuff, fellas. Yeah, look, I, I'm kind of torn because obviously you want to watch good football, but when you're playing, it is all about winning. And like going away from that game, they would feel like they should have won it. And it would have been a very effective game plan. Um, I was only laughing when I saw O'Carroll had touched it 19 times. There was a time when, as a forward, if you got 19 or 20 touches, that was your full 70 minutes. But um, I just think, like for me, watching the game and even playing a bit with club football, it's the, the overemphasis on stats. And Joe has 20 touches of the ball and he loses it five times mm. that's not good enough but Joe could have seen a, a kick for a, for a goal but now next game Joe won't take that shot that that kick he won't take that chance I think the risk has gone out of it teams are afraid to make mistakes I can understand it against a Dublin they were so clinical for so long and to be fair to them they did the basics better than ever and that's why they were so dominant but it, it's bad to watch but the bother is with it the longer it goes on the more GA fee, especially with football, we feel we need to change the game up and add new rules. And that's why every year there's a new rule change or something new to be trialled. Um, but it is, it's it's risk adverse mm. and let's slowly plod away. And the longer we have the ball, the less damage the opposition can do. Like what seemed to happen, Colm, is that Dublin were man for man. That was how they set mm. up. And so if you've got Carroll and most teams do have a goalkeeper now who's comfortable on the ball, comfortable in possession, suddenly you've got an extra man and away we go. Very hard to get the ball off us. And and it went from there. Like, if Dublin, if any big team choose to play like that, man for man, and then the goalkeeper's a spare man for Roscommon in this instance, like the way they'll be looking that, I, I presume, is, geez, we kept the ball three minutes to start off the game, rounding up that two and a half to three. Goods of six minutes. That's 10 minutes of the game killed with... Uh, kickouts included. 
if we manage two or three, even two more six minute spells, that's another 13 minutes. Suddenly, against a better team, we've just taken 23 minutes away from the dubs. That leaves them 47 minutes. Like, very hard for them to even, even if it's a, a grim kind of way to look at it, very hard for them to hockey us in 47 minutes. So, in a way, I would think most intercounty managers coming up against better sides now are thinking, well, the days of like everybody behind the ball and let the dubs have possession a la Donegal back in the day against Dublin is one thing. But actually, what if we just keep the ball forever? What if we just filibuster this clock to death and you drive the opposition bananas? And and that's exactly what they did, Joe. They drove them bananas. Um, the surprising aspect for me was it was almost like Dublin weren't expecting it, that they didn't know that Roscommon were going to try it. Like they did the exact same thing against Mayo, especially if you go back to that first half, Joe, when they were playing against a Gale Force Breeze, they just held that ball. And again, surprisingly, Mayo didn't really push up, put the pressure on them. The first half, the last day, you mentioned that phase of play. It's probably the most talked about phase of play now at this stage mm. in Gaelic football history almost. <laughs> But like Connor, Connor Carroll had so many easy outs every time he got the ball. Like I know Dublin are pressed up and they're man a man, but they're not really. They're yeah. they're there, but they're not there. Every time O'Carroll has an easy out, and if at any stage a Roscommon pre- uh, player comes under any sort of pressure from a Dublin player, it's straight back to O'Carroll again, and the and the and the attack builds from there. It was look at it was brilliant from Roscommon it was horrible to watch I have to say as a neutral um, it was it was really really frustrating but I was frustrated with Dublin as much in that play as I was Roscommon because again I'm thinking how have you not planned for this why is there no one pushing up and it's actually Mick Simons after maybe three four five minutes has had enough here he's actually the highest man making the tackles and putting the tackles in and there's no one else coming to back him up and I'd say at half time Joe there would have been serious words in that Dublin dress room but you see it then straight away at the start of the second half. I think the first five times Roscommon are coming out of defence at the start of the second half, Dublin turned them over three times and get 1-1 from it. So yeah. this is not this is not something that Roscommon can rely on and, and think we're going to win games doing this down the line consistently. But, you know, it, it was brilliantly executed the last day, but I'd, I, you'd have to look at Dublin and two. I totally agree. This, this is all about Dublin. Dublin let them do it. So yeah. second half, as you said, they just start... Uh, releasing men off each other so it goes back to goal, goes to goalkeeper right well nearest man press him and we all show up in the next men they're unlikely to get it to the the 15th man up the field so yeah. the thing that jumped out is that that is not a complicated situation you would no. think for these Dublin footballers to work out so does that like fall back under the guise of we're shadow boxing this game is meaningless like Roscommon if you want to play around with it all day back there knock yourselves out is that what's going mm. on there on Dublin's part I'd have to say a small bit. If that's a quarterfinal or semi-final, I don't think Dublin are letting that happen. You know, maybe I'm overlooking into it, but I think there's an awful lot to it that Dublin were just off a couple of percent. And at that level, Joe, that's all you need to be off. It's just a couple of percent. You're letting good players dictate to you. You're letting them, giving them a couple of yards and they're playing around. And what you're doing as well is you're letting them build confidence in themselves and yeah. they're moving the ball. Suddenly they're all looking really slick and Roscommon, in fairness to them, look, that score beside, aside, they kicked some cracking scores in the first half and yeah. they were full value for their four-point lead at halftime. Darren, what's your, your sense of Dublin in those 77 passes then? I, genuinely, I think it does go back to attitude, going into it, going through the motions and then there's a knock-on effect. If Cullum's not going off his man sprinting to the next one. I'm not sprinting to the next man. And it's just enough. And we'll stay a couple of yards off. And I call him said, I'm there, but I'm not there. And I'd say it was a case of going at halftime, a bit of a rollicking. Lads, get up there. Like, 
Tullam was part of one of the best uh, tackling teams in Mayo. Get in there, make tackles. Dublin are always very good at it. And you like that. If you don't take the risk, you won't get reward. And when you start up in the ante, you start making contact. Players get nervous. Player, mm. All the inter-county players are good players and there's no pressure on them. And a lot of them get found out when there's pressure being put on them. And that happened. Turnover, score, and you're less likely to try it if a team is coming at you man after man after man and just going like certain players will literally go from man to man to man. Eventually someone will make a mistake, but the pace has to be upped up. It has to be upped in the intensity. And how much should we read into that Dublin attitude then, Darren? Because I feel across the Jim Gavin years, such was the health of the competition in the squad, uh, such was the extent to which he seemed to demand or conjure up standards. I don't remember Dublin ever in like first round Leinster matches uh, having performances where we sat around here during the week and said, geez, that, look, you'd put that down to, to attitude. So like, are you kind of sympathetic to the attitude and you'd say, oh, look, they will actually be so much better in a semi-final that you kind of understand it? Or for you, is it like another aspect where you say that is why this Dublin team are slipping and they should be worried about this? I, I don't think they're guaranteed to be better in a quarterfinal or semi-final. I just think that, look, a lot of them boys are on the road a long time. They're very comfortable in their position on the team. Uh, the squad obviously isn't as strong as it was. It was never going to maintain that incredible level forever. And I just think that standards slip. Okay. Um, so it, 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 is, it, is, it, is, it isn't something that you just dismiss and say, oh, don't worry about it, it was only Roscommon. No, I think we've been dismissing it for the last year or so. Um I think, look, everything changed. You're never going to stay at the top of the game forever. The squad was never going to be like it was for the last number of years, which was incredible. And I just think a few of them are in their comfort zone. Obviously, the way Jim Gavin managed the team, they never made mistakes. They did the basics better than everyone else. You could hardly pick out their scores. They all looked the same. They were just simple football, done well in that pace. You're you're more likely to see great scores off Dublin these days mm. but you're definitely likely to see a lot more mistakes and wides Because Colm I sort of got the impression listening to you that you think it will be fine when they get to the latter stages you wouldn't overly worry about that attitude against Roscommon I, w- I wouldn't say it'll be fine I think you'll see a better Dublin performance and you'll see them being, being added a lot more look at they've, they've a lot of areas of concern Joe um, Davy Byrne obviously going off Jack McCaffrey just can't get fit no own merchant still in the full back line. You're really relying on Mike McFit Simons back there, 34 years of age. You know what I mean? In a full back line that's now been tested more than ever. I think Dublin's biggest, biggest problem now is you probably have five, six, seven teams out there that really fancy a crack off them later on in the year or mm. maybe in a, in a playoff game or a quarterfinal or semifinal and are going to raise their game and there's no fear there anymore. They know they can take Dublin on now in, in any game, in any which way they want to play it. I think that might be Dublin's biggest problem down the line is that obviously the fear, fear factor is gone. That's 100% gone. But it's actually the challenge now. Teams want to play them and want to play them in Crow Park. Well, they're at Nolan Park against Kildare this weekend. It's a repeat of the Leinster semi-final which Dublin won by 14 points to 12, albeit they only took the lead on 64 minutes. Kildare were ahead for the majority of the game. I mean, two different teams with very different ceilings, but inconsistency dogs them both. Kildare, after that performance against Dublin, you felt were on a certain road and then they drew with Sligo, conceded the last three scores. And like, which Dublin show up? Is it the one that, you know, was all business against Leash Loud or is it the Kildare, Scum and Dublin 
uh, we don't really know. What kind of game are you expecting in Nolan Park, Darren? Um, similar to Dublin and which Dublin will show up, which Kildare will show up. Um, I think after all the talk by Glenn Ryan, yeah. both Crow Park, Kildare need to show up. Um, it's a hard one. I just, like Kildare were one of the most frustrating teams throughout the league. And then they came and they gave Dublin a great game, possibly should have held on for the win. And then you're waiting for them to kick on again. And I don't know, is an attitude with Kildare or what? Look, it's easy to get yourself up for Dublin. I expect them to get themselves up for Dublin. Um, but I'd still expect Dublin to get through it, even without hitting third gear, uh, third or fourth gear. Um, and that's only because Kildare just don't fill me with any confidence. Um, they're too up and down like that. I think they can come with a good performance similar to Dublin. Dublin will up the pace for a certain amount of the game the next day, but I don't think it's sustainable by them. I don't think that's there at the moment. I don't think their standards are as high as they were. Mm. And I think that's why they can play for 20 minutes like they did and bang in goals against Loud and be so-so for 40 or 50. It's funny, Colm. I, I don't think Glenn Ryan will work it into the week or into his team talk, but I'm sure it's crossed his mind in the car. Geez, I really did go to town on that Crow Park thing and it sort of caught the imagination. If we get hammered at Nolan Park, that's not a great look. No, I don't think Glenn Ryan was banking and uh, drawing Dublin again or playing Dublin again <laughs> later on the championship when he made them comments. And then, of course, it's at a neutral venue, Nolan Park. So, uh, yeah, there's big pressure on Kildare, especially with them comments. But you have to, if you're Kildare, you're you're thinking the players have to back up Rhino and really go after Dublin. Because Dublin, you have to think, are, are vulnerable. And if Kildare are going to beat Dublin in the championship, you're looking at this now and saying, this is your chance, lads. Go out and grab it. Yeah. Are they good enough to do it, Joe? I don't think so. I think we'll see a better team Dublin performance. The, the, the main area, obviously, we talked about Dublin. McCarthy went off the last day and Kirill Kilkenny. Will them boys feature as well? So Dublin could be down three, four, five boys from the last day as well. So this is a huge opportunity for Kildare, but I just don't know, Joe. Obviously, you know better than I do what the, what the talk up there is there. Do they have it in them to deliver a performance again back-to-back against Dublin? And more importantly, beat them this time. You have to feel it's a huge opportunity, but are they good enough? It's, it's very, very doubtful. It is. Just one last quick question. We'll go to an ad break because I want to talk to uh, you both about Kerry Cork on the far side. Uh, seeing as we're, we're rounding off the football is dreadful and we're not enjoying it very much uh, <laughs> section. I didn't see Monaghan Derry in full. Darren, I know you didn't. Colm, you're one of the, the heroic few, I think, that watched the 70 minutes. Carlo Connell with a late point for Monaghan, 14 points apiece. Mm. The way people are talking about this game, it sounds like an abomination. Is, is that being exaggerated in keeping with general standards are, are actually pretty bad it, it was pretty bad Joe. thankfully I didn't see it live I was playing a club game so I watched it back the following day and probably the best thing I can say about it is I could fast forward an awful lot of it you okay. know what I mean because just it just possession yeah. possession yeah just possessing possession in fairness to Monon they were really really good huge huge um, turnaround from the first day but to be honest I expected that from them I, I thought they would have huge learnings as they call it from the first day and they got an awful lot of things right tactically the last Saturday against Derry and Derry were very very flat now very very flat I worry slightly about them going forward I thought um, I thought that once they took out Connor at last once they took out Brendan Rogers, McGuigan was still unbelievable but I think there's only only so long he can carry that Derry team going forward but uh, up until the last 10 minutes Joe the last 10 minutes was actually really really good Manon are three points up they'll be kicking themselves they let, they let Derry score four in a row 
and it's them that have to come back and kick, okay. the, kick the equaliser. But I think Monaghan will really feel like they left that game uh, behind. It was a huge, huge opportunity for them. Uh, you do realise, you two, by the way, Darren, that like the current modern player is looking at you two with <laughs> such derision. Like the way you would have looked at the, at the RTE panel talking about the modern day football and you were watching games from, you know, clips from the 70s, 80s where lads are just booting the ball away every 10 seconds. You realise you're now the old men who don't understand anything. Yeah, but we haven't once, not once, we haven't said back in our day. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, I'll take that point. We're going to take a short break. We've Darren O'Sullivan and Colin Boyle staying with us. Loads more to talk about next. Gaelic football on Off The Ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more Welcome back we're talking Gaelic football we have Colin Boyle and Darren O'Sullivan with us so Kerry Cork I guess always captures the imagination to some extent or other even if the rivalry over the last uh, 10 years is Kerry 9 wins Cork 1 win it's at Porky Cueve on Saturday Cork have beaten Loud. Uh, they were obviously beaten by uh, Clare in the Munster Championship, but they have beaten Loud. Uh, Kerry beaten by Mayo in Killarney. Let's start with Cork because it's been a rough week for them. Heartbreak in the hurling. And then if they opened the Irish Times this week and read Darrow Shea's piece, I'd say in a few Cork households, the paper was folded up and thrown against the wall. So Darrow Shea, he's talking about the depth and the quality of talent that Cork has had coming through at minor and under 20 level. He's seen it himself being involved in those age grades. He said um, that talent has not been transitioned to senior level. It's better than Kerry underage. What we're seeing in Cork at underage level over the last decade is better than Kerry underage. He says as well, they've got some of the best training facilities in the country. They've got some of the best coaches. They have the population and they have the players. There is no discernible reason they should be this poor. And he asked the question, which I'll put to you, Darren. Go back over the last 10 or 12 years. Has any county in the country underachieved and been more disappointing in senior football than Cork? No. Simple as. Um, To be fair, nothing he said there is wrong. And I think even the biggest defenders of Cork um, will admit that. Um, It's actually hard to understand it how a county that size with that many clubs with that many players with the facilities that they do have and they can say like you always get to we're a hurling county but they're so big they should be hurling football rugby soccer they have enough um they're just excuses i can understand it to be honest uh for the last number of years i'd say people in car might think i was being condescending but we down in Kerry, you want Cork back. When I broke into the team with Kerry, geez, the Cork Kerry games were electric. Like the only thing came close was Northern in the final. Um, Kerry Cork in Killarney was just electric, and the crowd, the noise, the physicality—you didn't know which way the game was going to go. And I, I think after Cork won in two thousand and ten, a couple of years later. A few of the older heads were allowed to leave the dressing room, and I always thought it was a big mistake. Um, they were kind of, it was a, for a few of them, it looked like they were half pushed out. In other words, they're not going to be starting, or I'm the new manager, I need to put in my team, get rid of you and get in my own boys in. But they lost great characters, they lost great leaders. Um, the team that won Ireland in Toronto probably, possibly should have won more. 
but they were one of the top teams in the country for a number of years and they just lost brilliant characters and when you're a young lad coming in you need these older fellas there who have been in the thick of it have been winning monster championships competing for all Ireland and they didn't have enough from there I think um, So you, you feel it's that over quality? Yeah definitely the quality is in Cork for whatever reason they're getting to 20 years of age and we're not seeing it after that um, it's hard to understand how a fella can play minor and on the 20s yes there's a jump up yeah. but once you've gone through them grade you're bound to pick out a couple of them you know you don't need to pick five and six every year one or two is all you need and we're just not seeing it and like on the pitch did you feel towards the end of your career when the comprehensive routine wins against Cork were becoming a bit more routine did you feel like these are a soft touch there's a kind of underbelly here like these lads don't have the metal if I'm being blunt about it it was a case of you get through the first 15-20 minutes everybody's um, full of talk and guff and fire in the belly at the first 20 minutes you get a couple of scores there's two in it three in it four in it they're gone Okay. all of a sudden the bit of lip was gone the the late hit you know, the letting you know they're there was gone and that was it it just the fire was quenched so and you break them easily enough them. yeah and yeah. like that comes from not having the right characters in the dressing room unfortunately and this isn't the fault of the younger lads coming through this is going back 10 years and it takes a while to build that back up it's hard to say beaten by Claire Column and okay they got the win against Loud it's hard to say they're roaring back at the moment no, but at the same time, Joe, we spoke about Kildare and, and the opportunity that faces them uh, with Dublin. Um, I think this is, it's not a big opportunity, but it's its a chance really for Cork to show some pride in in their county and, and restore pride in, in, in their football. If you go back to the game last year, Joe, they held Kerry for about 50 minutes. I think that, was that game in Parky Ring, Darren? Yeah. Yeah, so look, obviously we're going to Parky Cueve on Saturday. It's going to be a lot more difficult to hold the Kerry Fords in Parky Cueve and a lot more big open spaces, but there's going to need to be more to their game plan if they're going to really trouble Kerry for Saturday. I think one thing I was looking at, you know, would you pay Sean Powter of Ty, Ty Morley and actually hold him high up the pitch? Because Ty Morley at the minute looks like he's caught in between two stools and Jack Carney really exposed that role the last day. So I'd be playing a player there that can get on loads of ball and actually put Morley on the back foot going towards his own goal. And it'll obviously stop him protecting his full back line as well. You know, will they attack the Kerry kickout like Mayo did? You know, go long on kickouts, try and force force breaks around the middle and attack Kerry when they're wide open. You know, I think these are the things we'll be looking at. Or are they just going to sit in, try and hold it as tight as possible for as long as possible and hope they're in the game with 15, 20 minutes to go? I think it'll be it'll be really, really interesting to see what kind of angle they go at. But I'd like to see them from the start really attack Kerry, go on the front foot. I'm not saying all out guns blazing, but really have a go at them and see can they unnerve them. And kind of like Darren is saying there, see can they unsettle Kerry and see what kind of response Kerry have there. And if Kerry do respond, can Cork stay in the game and see themselves through tough moments? Uh, Meanwhile, all is not well in Kerry. I think we can safely say after the defeat in Killarney. Colm, I remember chatting to you after that game, the defeat to Mayo. Mayo could have had three or four goals. They ran through them continually. Kerry looked off the kind of pitch of what should have been a really big, big game started this All-Ireland series at home in Killarney after kind of a, I mean, we're talking shadow boxing. 
Kerry are like I, they're, they're, they're barely on the skipping rope for most of this year I don't even know what they're doing um, they were pretty appalling by the standards of All-Ireland Champions at home big game against Mayo like you know keep your foot in the neck of a rival column Absolutely um, and are they vulnerable coming to Park Cueve look at it all time I'll tell but Kerry you have to feel that was a huge wake-up call for the Joe. You know what I mean? I know you've said that they haven't got going really this year and they haven't. You can't take their wins against Clare and, and tip in consideration, but mm. you would have to think that performance against Mayo has really kick-started something down there. You would hope so, because if it, it hasn't, it, if there is... It might depend. Like We all gave them a free pass during the league. Mm. All-Ireland champions, just back from the holiday, Fossa boys long season. Mm. It. Like maybe have they trained hard enough? You know what I mean? Like they they look like a team just well, dead in their feet the other week. Yeah, well I said it to you, Joe. I heard the meters in the lakes. You know, I heard they the hard run and done. I know people were saying they'd five weeks after the league to the championship. You know what I mean? But you could see they were nowhere near Mayo in that regards. Athletically, physically, they just weren't able to keep pace wise. They didn't have the pace to stay with Mayo. You know, were they tired or is that just a lack of work done? I I, I don't physically know. I think these are going to be questions that's only going to be answered over the next couple of weeks. And if there is a flat performance on Saturday against Cork, then you would have serious, serious concerns. And funnily, I was telling Darren before he came on, I was down Dingle the last couple of days, um, just just on holidays. I was chatting to a lot of Kerry people down there, and they're very down. They're very down about <laughs> the Kerry team at the minute. Uh, a lot of people I spoke to didn't didn't think they had a chance at all, which is hugely surprising. Uh, but look, I think I think Kerry will be there thereabouts, but they've mm. they've an awful lot of work to do. And come here, you're welcome in Dingle, are you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, they uh, they appreciate good footballers down there, Joe. So I was, I was all right. <laughs> game respects game, you know. Um, exactly. So, Darren, I mean, I, I, I presume you're hearing every rumour and they've done this and it's going well in training, not going well in training. What's your sense of what they've actually done post-holiday, post that break from league into where they are now? For, for Mayo, Joe. Um, for, I'm asking sorry. Darren on, on Kerry. Oh, um I'll be honest, you don't hear any rumours. Okay. It's unbelievably quiet. Um, and as Colm said, I really hope Cork come out of the blocks fast the weekend because Kerry needed another test. And I want to see, and I think everyone in Kerry wants to see, have they woken up to the challenge that's there because it's fine to turn on the style against Clare or Tipperary and no disrespect they're not going to be at the latter ends yeah. of the championship and it's fine to get a nice few goals but the disappointing you, teams play bad that's going to happen but the lack of intensity to the game like Colm said they were just so far off the pace physically it was frightening I don't think they put in a bit of a belt until the 72nd minute or something and the game was well done at that stage and could, should have been a lot more um, the warning thing for Kerry and I do think I do think Kerry will get a reaction. I think Jack will get a reaction off the lads. I think they will be badly hurting because there's been a lot of negative press. The bother is at the moment, after North Ireland, you do sometimes lose that edge. And it is hard to get back up. And I think Pat's plan said it. He'd never seen North Ireland like it because unfortunately there was six months to celebrate it. And I looked at the bench against Mayo where Mayo were bringing on fellas who could make an impact. Kerry didn't have that um, and they definitely didn't have a game changer um, all good footballers but I looked and I was like where is Jack going here and as far as I know the only one thing I have heard is Brian Begley might have picked up an injury he was a low player at the club mm. 
he was a guy I was dying to see thrown back in there. He has that pace, that intensity, that bit of spikiness that I thought was missing against Mayo. And in the forwards, Stephen O'Brien, you're hoping, can add that bit of grit. But a lot of it is hoping. He missed a lot of football and is still trying to play his way back in. But like I mentioned about Dublin, a few of the boys looking comfortable. I think a few of the Kerry lads might have looked a bit too comfortable. And as Colin had alluded to earlier, you push a centre-forward up who's actually a centre-forward and going to attack Kerry. Ty has to come out and mark him. All of a sudden, we looked wide open. And do you get a sense that they haven't trained as hard as they need to have trained across this year? Or do you suspect maybe it's a more deliberate thing and, and maybe they're timing their run beautifully? Who knows? But it, it, it just struck me from afar as like a kind of... Like they weren't like Dublin, we've won five All-Irelands, let's give the boys a break. I mean, they'd won one and there was just this sense of, ah, we won't worry about the league and the boys all need a rest. And I, I, I don't know, it, it always struck me as an odd mentality to even introduce and speak aloud. Yeah, I, I found it strange as well. The fellas have, like, when you're going back, this isn't a back in my day or back in Cullum's day, but you would night, if you got to an All-Ireland final, you were going from November, December time till the following late September. You were going for 10 solid months and there was a lot of training, heavy hacking in that. Mm. Um, you'd win a championship game. You'd have two hard weeks of training and then you go back and you play with your club till November, December and you go straight back in and people talk about burnout and this and that and the other. But like I said about the split season, you played for six months, high level and you go back with your club, you can go through club games a lot of a good few gears below yeah and then you're trying to pick yourself up and the game will come and tick fast I don't know where you get your training done mm. um, so well going off the last day Kerry definitely didn't look like they had much work done at Mayo and um, Mayo obviously had five or six weeks to work on themselves um, I don't know where Kerry get the time to do that if they haven't done it already yeah and like Mayo came out the traps early in the league like they took it very seriously they trained hard so like that we're in this experimental phase where you don't know, will Mayo physically fatigue now as the games come thick and fast and the season goes on? And, and in hindsight, we'll be saying, geez, wasn't Wiley Jack O'Connor dead right that like there's plenty of time to peak? There was no rush. The games got them fit is what we could be saying. Or it'll be a case of Kerry never got that block. They left it too late. I think the other alternative is it could be a degree of attitude as well against Mayo. Why their attitude would be off, I don't know. But maybe it's back to that shadow boxing point column. I don't know. Yeah, well, exactly it, yeah, but something tells me, Joe, that you might be too far on with your first assumption there that Jack O'Connor may just get this right and okay. they may time the run perfectly. But I, I said it to you last week, Joe, there was certainly a desire and hunger, hunger element to that when you look at just simple things about the desire to get in and break a ball around the middle. Like Kerry or Mayo players were getting there every time, getting in, winning the dirty ball, setting their team on the front foot. Like Kerry just looked like they were ambling to the brakes on. And sometimes something as simple as that can be a, a sign that you're not at it, the opposition is, and everything can kind of can kind of unfold after that. Yeah. When you, Darren, said they had no um, great options off the bench, so like, have they lost players since last year or were they just luckier with injury? I guess things are going well, you're not looking to the bench as much. In terms of like when you go through the lines, where are Kerry short? David Moran is definitely, I think, Colm, you might have mentioned him, that his absence makes it harder for Kerry to push up on kickouts because, you know, it's easier to just boot it over everybody when he's not there lurking. So he's definitely a big loss, I'm sure. Where else are they short, Darren, in your eye? Or what's the talk down there? Which line are they most concerned about? Well, 
every line at the moment. But um, <laughs> no, like um, like even something Killian Splan. Killian Splan is a scorer. And yeah. just looking at the bench last year, Tony Brosnan, obviously, they seem to be starting their best team. Okay. And unfortunately, when you take off one of your best 15, you're not bringing on someone that's as good or better. Uh, Mayo were doing that the last day. Um, obviously, with David gone, Jesus, Mayo kick out. Um, like even in the second half, Kerry couldn't push up because as soon as it was kicked out, they were winning it, winning breaks. And um, Brian Begley, obviously being out injured, would have been starting, I'd imagine. And it's only one or two players, but all of a sudden, your team looks stronger and the bench, one or two players coming off the bench is all you need. Um, Killian Splan isn't back for this weekend. Brian Begley, I suppose, he isn't. Um, available as I mentioned Stephen O'Brien's only working his way back fit that's just three players mm. um, and then a few of them just haven't hit form yet um, they had injuries coming into the league kind of eased their way into it and then all of a sudden it just creeps up and there is games coming thick and fast it's hard to, it's hard to know like I suppose hard probably for me and Cullum to talk about peaking as well because I don't think any of the teams know how to approach it I'm, I'm hearing that word Will they peak yeah. later on the year? I don't know how you peak if you don't know how the season plays out before it's, uh, everyone's new to it. So I, I haven't bought into this. Teams are waiting to peak. Mm. If I was a team, I'd be going at it the exact way now is get your momentum going. I know they got, um, I'm going to call it cut in the first round of Connacht just because it was a week after the league. Conditions are poor. Um, it was always going to be hard to stay at that level consistently. But I think that's going to benefit them. I think they got great work done. And then it is about hitting the ground running. And fear factor. If you're going in a team and you're kind of worried about them, you're concentrating more on them than yourselves. And I think Mayo, if they keep that up, teams will start to worry about them and then adjust their game to play against the likes of Mayo. Okay. So it's all very interesting and a touch confusing and even a little bit frustrating as well because we don't know what we're watching. Last question to you both at this uh, juncture and I won't ask you this every week, don't worry. But at this point, uh, Darren, who is your favourite to win the All-Ireland and why? My favourite is coming from Connacht uh, but it's Galway. I just think when their big players were missing um, throughout the league, fellas stood up. They got new leaders. Um, I think they have the best set of forwards at the moment and I just think that the one thing they were lacking was a bit of depth last year and I think they've added that this year so my two it'd be Galway favourites and Mayo not far behind Right okay Colin where are you at this stage? Yeah Joel look at the reality of this format you could nearly change your opinion every week Mm. when you're seeing teams so often and teams obviously underperforming and performing well I was asked this a couple of weeks ago and I said my top three I said Dublin, Kerry, Galway and maybe Galway similar to Darren might have overtaken them and Mayo Mayo as well somewhere in the mix there as well but uh, if you ask me different or if you ask me next week I could have a different answer for you I I think that's the reality of it Yeah it's the one thing actually people are pretty down on the football at the moment but it's the most beautifully open, unpredictable mm. championship we've had in For sure. forever. So that's no bad thing. Uh, fellas, that was great. Hopefully some boxing starts soon. Darren O'Sullivan, thank you. Cheers, thanks Cheers. guys. Colin Boyle, thanks a million, Colin. Thanks a million, Joe. Cheers, fellas. Darren O'Sullivan and Colin Boyle with us chatting through the Gaelic football situation as we head into 16 matches across Saturday, Sunday. There was no point in even trying to preview all those games. I'm sure you'll appreciate. So uh, we went for a more uh, general chat. Gaelic Football on Off The Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.
Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more